Hello, friends. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Schoolyard Podcast, brought to you by School Specialty. I'm your host, Nancy Chung, a fun-loving teacher and content creator, also known as Fancy Nancy and Fifth on social media, and I'm thrilled that you're here. A special shout-out to School Specialty, who offers essential educational supplies and complete learning environment solutions to help you transform more than classrooms. This is the Schoolyard Podcast, a podcast by educators for educators where the magic of learning unfolds. I always know when back to school time is approaching because I start having school-related dreams. Well, they're more like nightmares. It'll be the day before the first day of school, and our principal will tell me that I'm changing rooms. It's usually a really bad rundown classroom and sometimes even a storage closet. Do you have dreams like that too? If teachers are feeling a little anxious, I bet students are too. What can teachers do either right before school starts or on the first day or even in the first week of school to ease some of this tension? Today, our wonderful guests, Stephanie Osmondson and L'Oreal Hemingway of Happily Ever Elementary, and I will be talking about everything back to school. We know these two beautiful ladies for their charismatic energy, colorful room transformations, creative projects, and their positivity. Welcome to the schoolyard, L'Oreal and Stephanie. It's so great to have you here. We're so happy to be here. Yes, thank you for having us on. Yay, so good to see you. Would you please tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do? So we are two teachers that teach in Las Vegas, Nevada. We currently job share in an art position at our school. We teach K-5 students. We've got about 1,000 and 100 students, 1,100 students or so. And um, we are extremely passionate about bringing those magical Disney feelings to a classroom environment while also spreading tips and tricks for engagement and classroom management along the way. So kind of an all-encompassing kind of platform that we share, but we're just extremely passionate teachers that love what we do. Awesome. I've been a biggest fan for years now. And so when I finally got to meet you in person, I was like, okay, I love their online personality. Well, I really love them like in person in real life too. And What's the verdict? I've, I've told you this so many times. I'm like, I love you so much more in person and in real life. So you're so authentic and you're just always so positive and fun. And I am so excited to have you here on on our podcast. Now, when I took a little poll on Instagram, I said, anything back to school related, who would you want to hear from? And do you know how many times your your name was mentioned? <laughs> You're by Aww. far like the top, top name that kept on coming up over and over again. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to just corner them <laughs> and then lock down the date. And you guys said, yes, I'm so excited. Well, Nancy, the feeling is mutual. We are also huge fans here. <laughs> We're really excited to be hanging out with you again. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you are in a unique situation because you share a contract now, but both of you went from having your own classrooms to now hosting like all students in your art room. How many students come to you again? You said over a thousand? That's right. So Stephanie and I 
both began in primary grades. She taught kindergarten for a few years. I taught first grade for a few years. And when the opportunity to job share came about in the art room, it was just made for us. Wow. So we do service over a thousand kids in our art room. We have an eight day rotation. So we're seeing the kids every eight days. We're getting kids upon kids upon kids every <laughs> hour of the day. And we're just doing the most fun projects with these kids, ranging mm-hmm. from kindergartners all the way to fifth grade. And we absolutely love it. Well, I can totally tell that you both love what you're doing. You're constantly blowing me away with your creativity and how effortless you make everything seem. <laughs> the two of you are such experts in setting up classrooms and converting a really dull classroom into such colorful, inviting spaces. What would you say is your one main objective when you're transforming these classrooms? So as we had previously said, we feel really strongly about the feeling that an environment evokes for the students. In our art room specifically, if you were to paint around, you see a ton of vibrant colors. And where there's a lot of controversy about colors, you know, maybe being overwhelming for a student, we've always found both in our kinder and first grade classrooms and now in our art room space and the other rooms that we've made over in our careers, is that we find color inspiring and exciting. And so that vibrancy is going to relate with one student or another because we we have such a range of color, but we also feel like at the forefront of designing a space, especially when referring to back to school, you have to start with function. We get really excited about all the design elements that we can incorporate. However, our bottom line is how the space is going to serve not only the students, but the teacher as well, because we have found personally If we put enough intention into the space, the rest of our job, both instructionally and then the students learning, um, is way easier Mm -hmm. once that space is established. Mm -hmm. Um, And so though we truly are passionate about how everything looks and feels, we do always start with how it's going to function, whether that's referring to the teacher's instructional tools Mm -hmm. or our classroom management systems or even our organization. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of where we start. Oh, that's amazing. The practicality of it all. Now. Okay, so you mentioned that, you know, in our previous conversation, you said that this is your first day back in your actual classrooms. What is your personal favorite thing to do to prepare for back to school? Okay, so when you get into your classroom and the custodial staff has kind of shifted your furniture, everything's kind Mm -hmm. of disheveled. um, We like to do another round of cleaning. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I feel like the mm-hmm. custodial staff does great, but I want to get in there with that Mr. Clean and clean everything. Organization for us in the art room with all of the supplies and paper and material. And let's get real. We've got glitter and things that are messy. Organization is so big for us. So mm-hmm. I do start every year with just pulling things out of the space, getting rid of things that don't serve us anymore, putting mm-hmm. it all back with intention. Because although we do have some storage areas, we are also servicing a thousand beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of materials to house. And we just don't have extra space for things that aren't serving us or our Mm -hmm. students. So organizing and doing that fresh round of cleaning brings us so much joy. And there's nothing better than starting that first (laughs) day of school with like the slight smell of cleaning products from Yes. Uh everything where it's supposed to be. You open Uh it, you feel good about your organization. Right. That brings us so much joy. And it'll be the first and last time it smells that way for the <laughs> I was going to say, by the end of the day, it might be a different yes. story, right? Yeah, literally by day one, you're like, there are kids here. I can smell them. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I've seen your classroom and it's it looks humongous. It's really huge. But do you have a lot of storage space? Like, do you ever have issues with storage? So storage is something we're really passionate about. So to be honest with you, 
I am a former very disorganized teacher. I just think <laughs> I'm a military brat. So we moved constantly. And I don't think my family ever was great at putting systems into place in our household. So my first year teaching, and I also got hired a month into school and took another teacher mm-hmm. who like left job. Mm-hmm. And so it was uh-huh. like a very quick turnaround of setting up my very first classroom. Mm-hmm. And man, was that year hard because of the lack of organization and storage. Now in the mm-hmm. art, like L'Oreal said, we not only have a plethora of supplies, but we have mm-hmm. to have them in like max quantities. Yes. So mm-hmm. we took so much time before we moved into this space and it is a large space, but there are times that there are 60 children in this space. Wow. So though it is relatively large, um, mm-hmm. it is full, not only with mm-hmm. supplies, humans. Um, (laughs) But we um, took so long to decide what is the best way not only to hold these materials for students, but to then distribute them because we only have 45 minutes or so after transitioning to get these kids doing art and working on projects. So we don't want to take a lot of time to pass stuff out. We need to be able to distribute these materials. And so we went to the dollar store. Everyone should always start at the dollar store (laughs) Options to start with on a budget. Uh-huh. We got all of these trays and different size trays for different materials. And then we saw, decided, okay, we're going to keep them in these trays so we can just pass everything out. But then what's going to hold the trays? And we ended up coming up with a really creative um, alternative for us, as opposed to just um, we had wardrobes and each wardrobe mm-hmm. had like four shelves. So using the vertical space was really unrealistic mm-hmm. because the shelves had like two feet in between them mm-hmm. and not everything stacks nicely. So we ended up going to Ikea and grabbing a bunch of tall, tall dressers, because not only can students easily open a drawer because they don't have to bear a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. but it's easier for us to pull out all of these different trays that already have our oil pastels, that already have our markers, that already have our watercolor um, uh, plates already in them. And so we don't have to constantly reload these trays. They're loaded and they're just put in their um, designated drawer. And so that was one of our huge alternatives that mm-hmm. ended up working so beautifully for us using a dresser instead of shelves. And then the lockers get a lot of attention. That's what I was going to ask. What's in those lockers? <laughs> so these lockers are kind of our miscellaneous storage that we pull from. So like one locker has our fundraising materials every year. We have the same art fundraiser. So that's in one locker. Another one has um, our bulletin board um material. So like borders and things like that. But the entire bottom row is designated per grade level for student artwork. So we might have like fifth grade art if it's like a two week project and we need to Mm -hmm. store some materials and take them off the drying rack, they'll go in the fifth grade locker. But that was a super, Mm -hmm. super cheap alternative to storage. We felt Mm -hmm. like originally we had like a pretty wall there where we had some decorations, but we're like, oh, there's just a missed opportunity for storage. We got Mm -hmm. those off Facebook Marketplace. Someone was trying to get rid of them. And lockers. They- wow. On Facebook marketplace. Yeah, wow. garage. They had gotten it from a high school and they were just oh. trying to get rid of them. And so we were like, happy Amazing. to help. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I love that you use these like unconventional items. Like I know recently you use like a bunk bed, <laughs> right. For a classroom transformation, but like the things that you guys are use, you guys are using are so creative. And I love how you repurpose these items. Like I would have never guessed that those were pre-loved pre-used they look so colorful and so brand new when you add the color and you know breathe life into them it's a little elbow grease and definitely some of our favorite colors but now Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the first things people recognize our space for is these blockers (laughs) Ah, and I know like okay so I think this was a couple of years ago in one of your stories Stephanie you shared about like how you have like hoarding tendencies and you know I call myself I, I call myself an organized hoarder 
So like, this is another thing that we have in common. <laughs> yeah, maybe, and it's a, think, maybe it's a middle child thing, middle yeah, child, all three, uh, middle all three of us, right? Yeah. Well, and all of our teacher friends know, like, you can see instructional potential in so many materials. Mm-hmm. You can, um, but anyways, I think most teachers can relate to the idea, especially, I don't know how it is for intermediate teachers, but I know L'Oreal and I do so much hands-on learning with um, the little babies just mm-hmm. get, you know their wheels turning to make some real world connections so there's so many things that you're like this could be a counter yes. uh-huh. uh, for math yeah. or like yeah. this could be great for centers or like mm-hmm. I could this into my main idea bucket for ELA mm-hmm. like there's so mm-hmm. many things that we hold on to I will mm-hmm. say again growing up my my parents also have pack rat tendencies and so that was just kind of my my growing up environment but then becoming a teacher did not help because I was like, <laughs> I can use this or, oh, it's free. I'll take it, you know, without even thinking about it. But right. um, And you'll need like 30 of them or like 60 of them or or more. But I bet a lot of your colleagues come to you if they ever need anything. They'll be like, L'Oreal, Stephanie, do you have paper towel rolls or do you have this? I bet they come to you for everything. Absolutely. Do you have anything like really fun and exciting planned for the first week of school? Oh, we just talked about this last night. Um, We always start the year and kick off with an original uh, school community project. So in the past, we've done like self-portraits of a kid and we put them in a rainbow ombre. We're really lucky down our hallway next to the display frames. We have this giant blank wall that we've kind of just taken ownership of. And we make this giant school community project where everyone's piece of art is coming together and making a bigger, more beautiful display that we actually leave up all year. And it actually holds surprisingly well. I feel like the kids, once they see it up and they Uh understand how much work, I mean, it's a thousand pieces of art. They really do leave it alone and cherish it all year. Um, So we're really- Ownership of that because they contributed to it too. Exactly. So this year we will be doing another one and we're really excited about it. And it's going to be our first project of the year. And we're going to be starting off with pastel and paint, which is a little risky. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) for us, it's just, I mean, they get to use crayons and markers and all those special supplies at home. So we really like to introduce things that they don't get an opportunity at home to use. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're kicking off the year getting messy. Do you, um, do you try to create like an inclusive environment, maybe like students who can't do certain things or just to meet the needs of like a diverse student population? Do you do anything that's inclusive in your environment? So we feel really passionately about this. Um, a year and a half ago, we found out that my first son is on the autism spectrum. And so once we, it actually happened along us becoming our teachers. And so it kind of reframed how we were looking at our new space because we realized like, this is our opportunity to see all of our students. It's easier to look at your 25 to 35 students when you have one classroom and say, okay, I'm getting to know these kids. How can I personally accommodate them? But when you're seeing a thousand, that becomes a much larger task. Mm -hmm. And um, with it hitting a little bit closer to home, Mm -hmm. um, I know L'Oreal and I really challenged ourselves to say, how can we modify the room? Especially when we have such quick turnarounds and things, it can be hard to then say like, okay, we need to dedicate space not to storage, not to art, but to make sure that we can comfort all of our babes here at this Mm -hmm. school. And so we have a couple Mm -hmm. flexible seating options where students Mm -hmm. can kind of create their own space if they need to um, kind of regulate themselves or just calm themselves and kind of ground Mm -hmm. ground themselves. So we have some other options like a bar table where they can sit at a stool on their own level. Um, And then we also actually have some like STEM bins, if you will, of like Mm -hmm. building materials. We have our art library here. And so there's 
options for students not to do art here. And I think that's really important. And L'Oreal and I really value the fact that when they come to art, there is zero pressure. All of our students, special needs or not, they, they're constantly feeling this responsibility to be their best and do their best. And in art, their best is showing up and just putting their best foot forward. But it's not like, you know, getting an A on a test, right? We just want them to be present with us and be exposed to art. But if they need to, instead of, you know, putting pen to paper, read a book, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or if they need to, you know, take some of our, um, you know, magnetiles and just check mm -hmm. out for a little bit, we offer them that opportunity because we, I do, love that. we do have a lot of special needs students at this school. Mm -hmm. And um, we want them to look at art as this, you know, relaxing, calm break, mm -hmm. where they really enjoy themselves. It really so, should be. Mm -hmm. Just having options that can modify either your instruction or allow those students to check out has been something we really value and prioritize. I know you have a huge following on social media, and there are so many teachers that want to emulate everything that you do. Like they just want to do exactly the same thing that you do. And then they might feel overwhelmed because it's a lot. Now, do it you is. have any advice or advice for teachers wanting to do what you're doing or like new teachers do you have any like tips on like the do's and don'ts of setting up your classroom or anything back to school okay this is a tough one because new teachers are in one of the hardest positions mm -hmm. out there and mm -hmm. we take care of our new teachers at our school and make sure they have what they need and we remember the strong pull we had to make a Pinterest worthy classroom our first year and what pressure that brought to the table. And mm -hmm. we know that's what people come to us for ideas for. We know that's what we can flip a classroom in a week, but mm -hmm. I would tell a new teacher how unrealistic that is to have that Pinterest right. classroom and to really just focus on your mental health, your well-being, your happiness. Um, for us, decorating our first classroom gave us more life than people can understand. Um, mm -hmm. So to some, they would think that we are putting the focus where it shouldn't be, but that brought us so much joy after working so hard in college and getting those keys to our classroom and getting to decorate was what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was okay that we got to do some of those projects we were burning to do or take the stuff out of the garage that we've been saving from garage sales and bring it in. Mm -hmm. However... For a new teacher that maybe that doesn't bring them joy, it does not need to happen. Right. It doesn't need to happen day one, year one, year five. It takes time and mm -hmm. they really should focus on just keeping themselves mentally happy, keeping their stress levels down because the reality is, is that the burnout for new teachers is so high and I think mm -hmm. pressure and we understand that you get on social media and you feel this pressure to be that teacher you see right. mm -hmm. it's so unrealistic and so sad for new teachers to have that pressure mm -hmm. um so if there are any new teachers listening our advice for you is just take care of yourself um that first year find a few things to focus on and more than mm -hmm. anything we can't stress this enough find your person mm -hmm. find your people in your building Stephanie uh -huh. are each other's person. And I know. I'm like wanting to snap because I'm like, oh, I'm this <laughs> You can snap. You can snap. It's <laughs> talking about the things that spark joy. And for us, that's oh. decorating. Um, uh -huh. And that's not for everyone. We obviously love teaching. But we, like she said, we were out the gates, like had vision mm -hmm. boards drawn up for our classroom. So that was getting us mentally so happy right. and excited to be in the room. But I love everything she's saying right now about <laughs> like taking care of yourself first because that yes. was really so much farther than anything else yeah and right. it'll keep those teachers in the classroom which is what we need mm -hmm. and find a support group support system podcasts like this to help you mm -hmm. um 
Pinterest pages and, and inspo pages on Instagram that give you ideas. We always say some of the best professional development we have gotten mm-hmm. is from Instagram and TikTok. I agree. I have a <laughs> PhD in that. <laughs> something in one minute versus sitting in professional development at your school for hours. I, uh-huh. I learned nothing. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, as you guys are talking too, I just remember some of your earlier posts too. Like you talk about how these projects and these transformations don't have to be expensive and how you use just simple paper to create something beautiful out of something so simple and cheap. And I know you would just use like different color papers or spray paint the papers. I'm like, I didn't even know you could spray paint paper. But I mean, the things that you guys create are just just brings me so much joy. And I love that you bring the parent aspect into it. Like, I think, you know, like, you guys have five kids between you guys. And so I'm sure you have not just the teacher hat on, but you also put on the mom hat and see things in the perspective of a parent too. And I love that. Is there a tone you're trying to set when you're starting the new year, whether it's for your students or your peers? I think I saw a story, an IG story of your coworkers and you guys going to go watch the Barbie movie. You guys were all decked out in pink. <laughs> and so I think you that's all right, Nancy. We yeah. Had- were they coworkers? You guys have oh, so much yeah. fun together. Yeah. And mind you, we do have a huge school. So we also have a large amount of staff members, mm-hmm. um, most of which commonly are women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sure enough, our science teacher had sent out really last minute texts to mm-hmm. like many coworkers as we had phone numbers for. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just like, hey, just throwing it out there. Want to see the Barbie movie tomorrow in pink, of course, anyone. <laughs> and like we're talking within 24 hours, we had over 22, 23 teachers that were wow. like, ready to show up, ready with mm-hmm. their pink. And we were so excited to be together because all of us had gone our separate ways for summer. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of like talks about the, how our school has worked really hard personally to set the tone for amongst staff members. I think mm-hmm. it's similar to families where like, you're like, I don't always like you, but <laughs> I love you. I mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. you. And I think we've established this family environment and we do have new hires every now and then that we have to really quickly like reel in and adopt and be like, we are here for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think um, as specialists in having face-to-face time with every teacher now, it's mm-hmm. so much easier for us to connect as a staff and mm-hmm. for us to kind of put the, the you know, offers out there. Like if there's anything you need, we're here for you because all of them come to us for art to mm-hmm. drop off their kids. Uh-huh. And we've had this, great morale. It's not always easy because things happen in our district or, you know, we, or we adopt this program that no one's really vibing with or whatever, but we constantly root for each other and rally mm-hmm. together. And mm-hmm. so I think the Barbie movie, oddly enough, <laughs> going into this back to school season because we just had fun together. So mm-hmm. then coming into school, we already feel this like unification mm-hmm. um, because we've enjoyed each other as humans, not as just teachers, not as just right. colleagues. Um, mm-hmm. And so that connection is mm-hmm. a really great foundation for um, teaching as a team. And when you play together like that and ha- and enjoy each other, I think kids pick up on that as well. So p- kids will definitely pick up on that vibe, the tone and the positive relationship that you have with the people that you spend so much time with on a daily basis. For sure. And when it comes to the tone of our environment for the kids, and bringing them back and getting the excitement in for the school year. I think it really comes down to the environment you're creating. We always say we Mm -hmm. want to create spaces that feel like Disneyland. Well, why Mm -hmm. do we do that? Because Disneyland is fun. It's colorful. It's vibrant. And memories are made. Mm -hmm. And if you're creating those environments at school and you're creating a teaching environment, 
where memories can be made. It's fun. It's vibrant. You're going to keep those kids coming back for more. Mm -hmm. Um, With attendance being a problem in a lot of schools, what could be that driving force is the kid begging to go to school. Yes. How are we mm-hmm. going to get those kids to beg to come to school? You mm-hmm. make it fun. You make it enjoyable. You mm-hmm. make it a pleasant place for them to be. And safe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, safe. Mm-hmm. And all those things. And that comes with creating a classroom environment for those kids that you're really thinking about the kids first. And, you know, all the fun projects we're able to do in art, but also how are the classroom teachers taking a boring math standard and making it fun and memorable and getting those kids to learn it, but also enjoy their space. Um, We have painted a sensory path in our courtyard and it's something that the kids were so excited to do the first time. Yes, I love that. Uh And it runs throughout your whole campus. Throughout our um, middle courtyard area. Mm -hmm. And the first time they did it, it, what they were saying is, I can't wait to do this again tomorrow. I can't wait to do this again. So it's bringing them back. It's that uh-huh. you want to set that tone of school is the place you want to be. School yes. is more fun than what you're doing at home. And it's, mm-hmm. the, it's a constant battle, but it is so important for kids to feel that excitement mm-hmm. with school, especially at an elementary age. We're so lucky mm-hmm. that we can have so much fun. I mm-hmm. feel like middle school and high school teachers, you have such a huge challenge to mm-hmm. create that fun with environment with students who may not be receptive to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And at an elementary level, everything you do is fun rolling out. <laughs> yes. I wish, I know. I wish we had more of that in the secondary levels too. You know, now right. our art students did something very similar, like your sensory walk. And so uh, the hallway that's, that connects our elementary, uh, elementary campus to the middle school campus, they did paint the sensory path. And, you know, we see like little kids, like kindergartners and first graders, like on all fours and touching all those bubbles and doing all these things. But we do see middle schoolers who will skip and will do like some yoga moves and do some, you know, like the silly things, I think kind of forgetting, oh, wait, you know, like middle schoolers don't do like silly things like this, like they forget. And when they see art, when they're part of this, this, um, like uh, the playful environment, I think they kind of let themselves go and just start having fun again. Yeah, our art room is off of the sensory path, like it overlooks it. And so we get to see all uh, of them do it. Uh-huh. Intentionally made it for any kids that need a, a change mm-hmm. in environment that need to leave the classroom and get some fresh mm-hmm. air. We made it specifically for those students and for maybe some special needs students, but to see it come to life and to be mm-hmm. enjoyed by every single grade level has been mm-hmm. such a joy and treat. But we see staff members who cannot help but to do a little <laughs> oh. into zag so I love that mm-hmm. sometimes just need to like switch it yep. up and to get uh-huh. out there and get going so it's yep. been a treat and like things like that that's one very small example mm-hmm. of you know how with the space that you're in can really kind of contrive a feeling and mm-hmm. like L'Oreal said we want them to keep coming back and we want to be an intrinsic thing we want them to want it for themselves Mm -hmm. and um, something as simple as a sensory path or, you know, something exciting that you, you know, engage your students with in your, in your space uh, can do Mm -hmm. that. Thank you. I love, I love that. And I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Gosh, I just have so many questions I want to ask you and, you know, (laughs) we could just talk all day. And I think when we were on the cruise too, we just hung out all the time and I'm like, we were just talking nonstop. We're having withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you, I know you guys get along, but I know that you guys kind of tease each other and, you know, and do like pull pranks on each other and do things like, like that. But do you guys ever like argue or disagree on a project? 
this is hilarious, Nancy, that you're asking <laughs> this because you and every single other person that asks this question, uh-huh. ask us this. It is so really? funny. Um, yeah, someone had earlier said that we come across as very positive and happy, mm-hmm. and I think we really are, and that mm-hmm. translates into how we communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And so everything comes from a place of productivity and support. And so mm-hmm. though there are times we definitely don't may not agree on something or we have different ideas or we're trying to come down to one decision and like we're you know both coming from different places Mm -hmm. I think it always comes bottom line from this place of like respect Mm -hmm. and love and so even though those times happen because that's natural we all have different brains bodies and walks of life Mm -hmm. and so we're not always going to be like perfectly in sync like robots that people think we are um (laughs) however our communication is where like we put a lot of time and effort Mm -hmm. and um I think it translates in a school in general because a lot of people have trouble when they're in the throes of teaching and they're overwhelmed and things are going on and stuff is hitting the fan um sometimes they forget like everyone is going through that and so we can be harsh with each other we can be brash um you know maybe not the kindest words or tone may come out but Mm -hmm. l'oreal and i because we've done this for 13 years 14 years i don't can't even track now communicating with each other that is um Mm -hmm. we've we've gotten really masterful at at leading with kindness and Mm -hmm. so um we try and communicate with each other that way always even if it's it's not we're not in agreement so Mm -hmm. we really don't fight to answer your (laughs) question I know I've never I mean, within the couple of weeks that we've spent time together, like I haven't seen you guys argue or fight. Um, I love that. So not just as job share partners, but as friends and colleagues, you know, I think it's really important to communicate professionally and know that, you know, whatever you're saying or sharing comes from that, that space of love, right? I, I love that. Okay, so you, I think I know the answer to this one. Who's more organized? <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I think I know it's okay, L'Oreal. I already talked about how I'm a previous no, order, but okay? I want to talk Stephanie up a little bit because all those things home bringing has reflected a lot on who she grew up as. Mine did as well, and my parents and mm-hmm. still are. My mom just retired from high school. Is right. the most type A organized, clean person you will ever meet. So uh-huh. grow up in that environment comes a little bit more natural to me. But I see Stephanie making serious Mm -hmm. effort. She knows that mess and disorganization causes me anxiety and overwhelm. And she's Mm -hmm. so aware of that, that she makes sure when she leaves the art room, it's in pristine Mm -hmm. condition. She puts in that extra effort Mm -hmm. where it might just come natural to me because I've just grown up. Like we, we organize, we clean up. That's just how I've just been raised, but Mm -hmm. I definitely making constant efforts to make me comfortable and just mm-hmm. to make the space um, beautiful and we've and, done a great job. Oh, our art room is pretty much always tidy, but I will say I didn't actually realize, and L'Oreal knows this because she's seen me since she's known me since I was a teenager. I did mm-hmm. not realize how me living amongst this organization actually affected me so much. I'm pretty mm-hmm. type B in the sense where like mm-hmm. I can roll with anything and be pretty mm-hmm. chill about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, I didn't actually realize all of the um, anxiety that it was causing me until I started to mm-hmm. adopt these like systems of organization. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, my life is so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't emotionally get to me being mm-hmm. in a place, but it, mm-hmm. it actually was really impacting my efficiency. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So now I, I feel like this, this weight lifted because we have everything is again, intentional and systemized. Mm-hmm. And so I, I spend so much less time having to think things through or look for things or, you know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. though I am a reformed hoarder. <laughs> I, oh, I like that term. <laughs> 
I am enjoying the perks of having adopted L'Oreal's type A tendencies. So I'll <laughs> say though, our cars. Uh-huh. Yep, never. Never seen <laughs> with three kids in the vaccine. We'll just blame the kids. It's the kids. It's not us. It's the kids. Clean. Yes. All oh. of those McDonald's cups are the kids. Yeah. Not <laughs> ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, this has this has been so fun just chatting with you. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. I hope you come back on and you know share some other stories and other experiences with us too. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank Anytime. you, Nancy. You're probably all wishing you had Stephanie and L'Oreal as your colleagues, right? Me too. We need more teachers like them who are truly passionate about making a positive impact in the teaching profession. As we gear up for back to school season, let's take a moment to appreciate the incredible superheroes we call teachers. They are the ones who tirelessly guide us through the maze of knowledge, armed with their trusty whiteboard markers and an arsenal of dad jokes. From the moment we step into their classrooms, they become our mentors, cheerleaders, and occasional therapists. Because let's face it, school can be tough. So here's a little advice for all the teachers out there. Remember to bring your sense of humor to class because laughter is the best way to keep those sleepy students awake. And don't forget to treat yourself to a well-deserved cup of coffee or five to survive these early mornings. You've got this, teachers. Keep rocking the back-to-school season like the true legends you are. Thank you for joining us for the fourth episode of the Schoolyard Podcast. Remember to pack your curiosity and meet us back in the schoolyard for our next episode. Class dismissed. Tag, you're it. Now it's your turn to write in with a question, which we will answer here on the Schoolyard Podcast for our segment called Tag, You're It. Tag us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or Twitter at School Specialty and hashtag Schoolyard Tag, You're It with a question that you want answered. Starting with episode number five, one question will be selected per episode to be answered by our featured guest and myself. If your question is chosen to be answered on the podcast, we'll send you a very special Schoolyard Podcast t-shirt. 